0: On today's pod, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini comes on to give us his first round mock draft, telling us exactly who is going where and what trades are happening in the first round mock. I can't wait to get to it. This is the only podcast that makes you money. How
1: do you, How do you say that? that? How do you People know that? Like That's impossible Mr. Michaels. to know. Back up the Brinks <laughs> On, always on black, fast stats in the pocket, whole squad fast cash. Send the bookie, tell them bring it from the bag Know we coming for the bag West Coast, West Coast, West Coast, West Coast, Coast,
0: Coast, Coast. Go see to the G, West Coast, gang. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to the few in attendance and the thousands listening around the world, let's get ready to gamble. My name is Tony Cavallo. As always, I'm joined by Matthew Dangles, Daniel Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Schaefer Crookson, and returning... One of the original hosts of this podcast, Brian the Ballerina Balzarini is here for the entirety of the show. We are the West Coast Gamblers, the only gambling show that makes you money, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And the Ballerina is here, folks, so you know what that means. It is all about the Ballerina Big Board today. The NFL Draft is on Thursday, and Brian the Ballerina is going to be giving us his entire first round mock. But first, welcome back to the show that you helped start, my friend.
2: Oh my gosh! It's such a pleasure to be here. Uh, it feels like what a, a year has gone by, but it feels like eight years have gone by it since sure the last. It feels like hour, a lot speaking. longer, doesn't it? But it's great to be here. Um, been following you guys religiously. I'm so excited to be talking about the NFL draft. It's the best time of the year. Draft nuts like myself just drooling over mock drafts. You know, checking in with all the latest and greatest analytics. But um, I got to tell you, man, it's been a pleasure to uh, hear you guys and, and and be back on the show. I'm so excited.
0: I'm pumped to have you back because this is your forte. This is what you would talk about all over the place. Didn't matter what time of year it was, you were always looking towards the draft. And we like to joke about how you are the best amateur draft analyst in the game, but it is true. We have the receipts to prove it. This mock draft that you give out hits more often than Mel Kuiper, than Todd McShay, than Charles Davis, than all the bests. And we're excited for this one because there's a lot of intrigue, especially with the first 12 picks in this draft and all the QBs that are in this draft. But before we get there... Before we get to Trevor Lawrence, because we know he's going to be the number one overall pick, I have a question for you, a segment of this show that is as old as the show itself. Taking Trevor Lawrence out of the equation, the other four QBs that are presumed to go in the beginning of this draft, Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, sorry Mrs. Crookston, but I'm going to ask you right now as a talent evaluator, marry, fuck, kill those four quarterbacks.
2: It's a hard one, I have to say. Uh, the first thing that I want to, you know, incorporate into that um, the analysis is that you can't choose players in a vacuum. I think I, I would like to segue and think about, you know, we'll get to it and, and, and where these guys land, But I, I think it's important to take those guys and what environments they're going to be, what kind of coaching staff, what team environments they're going to be. So with that, and kind of teasing to the to the to the draft uh, um, board, we're going to do here in a minute. Uh, I'm going to be marrying uh, Justin Fields. Yes. I'm going to be fucking Zach Wilson, and I'm going to be killing Trey Lance. Wow, you were all over Trey Lance this time last year. And I want to caveat with that with with one little caveat. I really believe that those three guys are going to be insanely, insanely successful. Um, it's very rare that we 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 sit in a draft where the fourth or fifth quarterback drafted has a chance to be successful. Very rarely. The 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 track record of the fourth quarterback taken in the NFL draft is absolute garbage. It's trash. Yeah. It's an awful position to be in, to be drafting the fourth quarterback, no matter what round it is, first, second, or third. So with that said, this is a really rare year, but I think all those guys have a chance. To be successful, but that's my order,
3: Ballerina. Uh, the sharp here. First of all, great to see you, man.
2: Great to see you too, great buddy. To you.
3: But hey, I, I, I got to clear something up real quick because you know we're, we're in a couple group texts, and uh, you were guilty of it. And I just want to ask you, as as you know, uh, the the sharp draft expert of the West Coast Gamblers. What is up with these quarterbacks during their pro day wearing basketball shorts and a T-shirt with no helmet and no defense and rolling out of the pocket and throwing it on a crow hop 70 yards and people losing their goddamn mind? I mean, I just played horse with my cousin outside. I made 10 in a row, but no one thinks I'm Steph Curry. Yeah, they (laughs) all look great. They all look
4: great when they're out there with no defenses, just throwing bombs to a single wide receiver, right? Anybody can look good doing that. Just
3: explain to me, just Zach Wilson, everyone lost their mind. Justin Fields, everyone lost their mind. Basketball shorts, no helmet. No pads, throwing bombs on crow hops. Explain that to me. What's the draw
2: of it? I'm glad that you brought that up because I got to tell you, it's now coming out that a lot of the teams are skipping these, these workouts altogether because mm-hmm. they're absolute pony fests. They don't yep. show you. They don't tell you anything. Now, with that being said, it, it's, it's reported that the New York Jets, when they were at Zach Wilson's Pro Day, had an opportunity to talk to him for the first time. For the first time in person, I see the value in having a connect with that player first and foremost. I don't think a lot of teams go there to see a lot of things um, out of the player per se. You know, it's great to see him throw and you know how does he look in person and things like that. But we're kind of in this you know Moneyball era where I think we we have enough statistics. We've got guys wearing GPS systems in college now, and you know the colleges are are are, you know giving that information out to the teams freely. Um, So I, I don't think there's as much importance on it anymore. But it is a bit a bit of a dog and Pony show that I don't think is, I think it's a relic of the past, and I think a lot of teams like the LA Rams don't even go. I think the New England Patriots have really taken a step back. I know the Detroit Lions, you know, with their front staff, uh, front office staff being LA Rams based uh, the last several years, have kind of taken on that. So I I don't, it's silly, it's it's important I guess maybe in this COVID era that they have a little front-facing time to meet the families, to meet the coaches, to talk with the players, because like, you know, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brits talk about this a lot as former uh, scouts, going to the school to talk to people is great yeah. talking to the trainers talking to the staff everything's that's that's fantastic but to go there to, to make a decision on whether you're going to draft a third overall guy when you've got hours and hours and hours of tape to break down guys in game situations it's absolutely bonkers so yes it's stupid it's it's, it's a relic of the past and i think and i think as time goes on we will not be seeing that as much anymore
0: if i remember correctly drew uh in a flag football game i completed the throw that zach wilson got famous for when he <laughs> rolled out to his left throwing 50 yards down the field to you as a receiver and and there was defense on the field, and they knew where we were going, and we still completed the pass. So I don't know if the ballerina has me as the Brandon Whedon of this draft class, but uh, I'm available. No,
3: no, that was a uh, that was a Tony Squares rolling right, throwing left, about 40 yards on a dime with a Crookston a double toe tap back end zone spinner. Uh, one of the highlights of our flag football career. Um, didn't matter in the win column, though. That was still an L that day, I believe. But hey, hell of a play.
2: Tony, I'll tell you this: with that hairdo you got going on right now, Trevor Lawrence would be that. Would be the comp buddy all day.
0: Thank, thank you, buddy. I'll
3: take that, that
2: flow in the back, man. Absolutely.
0: Speaking of Trevor Balfurino, Lawrence, just
3: don't ask him to get out of the pocket. Please do not <laughs> ask him to get out of the pocket. It's now, not pretty.
4: Now, Brian, really quickly, it's been what three years? I think since the last time we had five quarterback prospects uh, this highly ranked and expected to be drafted in the first round. Uh, and in 2018, we all know that four out of the five of them shook out pretty well. And then there was Josh Rosen. Um, who do you, who do you see out of this group as the, 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 who has, you know, who you might worry about most being a Josh Rosen?
2: Uh, it would have to be Trey Lance only because I, I think the kid is a phenomenal guy. I don't, I don't, there's anything in his, um, is interviews? He's, he's being reported as one of the best interviews, um, of, of the entire draft. Um, uh, season. So I think he's going to impress people. I think he's really intelligent. He ran a pro style offense at, at North Dakota State. So he has that those those intangibles that I think make people feel really good. I get really worried about a guy who's only played, you know, 17 games at, at a subdivision one level. Um, he's going to need time and and. The experience I worry about... is a
4: question is a question for sure.
2: Now with that said, Mac Jones has only got 17 games, you know? Um you know th- this is a very rare year, but if you're talking about, you know, ranges of outcomes, you know Trey Lance has the opportunity to be very successful, but I think he's very contingent on where he goes. And I'm, and if I'm hearing correctly from a lot of people, him going in the top five and the top skip six scares the shit out of me because those teams up at that level, they're not, you know, other than the Atlanta Falcons, you're not talking about really established programs that I or you know, uh, organizations that have a really good track record of of breeding, uh, development within their players. It's all about environment. People have asked me this uh, repeatedly. Who do you think the best quarterback is? I think it's whoever goes to San Francisco. Whoever whoever yeah. goes to San Francisco is going to be the best quarterback, no doubt about it, because what they can do in that organization to build because we saw Sam Darnold, to your your point about the 2018 draft, Sam Darnold is a good quarterback. He should be able to be successful, but he got dog shit around him at at the New York Jets organization. They did nothing to help him out. They they thought he was Patrick Mahomes. Guess what, people? You need to develop these guys. They're not ready. So if Trey Lance goes in that kind of top 10, top 8 team, I get a little worried and I get a little nervous about how he's going to develop. I think he has all the intangibles, but it it all depends on what they put him around and how they develop and what kind of coach they got in that room and the stability within that organization. Because if you're going to flip six coordinators in six years, this guy's not going to be successful. It's just not going to happen. So I worry about that.
0: Speaking of Pat Mahomes, Orlando Brown Jr. is now wearing a Kansas City Chiefs uniform. I love that. Baltimore does have now the 31st overall pick. We'll be getting to them in a second. But first, we have to start this big board. We have to go to the obvious number one overall pick. The Ballerina Big Board is coming up next.
5: West
1: west Coast gamblers. Gamblers.
5: I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 258 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-backed training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along The Planted Runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you.
0: And welcome to the NFL draft. All right, Brian, we just heard from the commissioner. The Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. This is pretty much a known commodity, but let's start it off. The number 1 pick in your mock draft, my friend, take
2: it away. With the first overall pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. This shouldn't surprise This shouldn't surprise anybody. I think it's a clear win. The only thing that I, you know, I'll make comment about this. Um, I don't think it's been uh, talked about enough, but, um, you know, the, the Jacksonville Jaguars are an organization that have failed mightily. Mightily at developing quarterbacks I'm so mm-hmm. excited to watch urban Meyer, You know try to make hay with with trevor lawrence But they're a much better team than most Quarterback situations uh At the number one overall pick in the last couple of years They've got a pretty decent offensive line they've got They've got weapons at the wide receiver position Their defense is terrible but you know With with regard to keeping you know like We were talking about in the last segment to make sure that these Quarterbacks have a chance to be successful i mean The fact that trevor lawrence is going to have another Potential guy coming in the latter round they have Had another guy at the top of round two they're going to get this guy some support and i think he's got a chance to be successful early on i just hope we all have you know reasonable expectations for a young kid at that level um and 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 think that he's probably going to struggle a little bit moving forward
0: he hasn't lost in the regular season since high school it's going to be a lot of losses early in his career for the nfl But I do have a question for you because I feel like Lawrence has gotten the short end of the stick here with the talking heads and the media because everyone's known he's the number one overall pick and we're not focusing on him. We're focusing on what happens next, where the other QBs go. That's where all the, the segments on talk shows are going. But I do want to ask you this. For the greatness, greatness potential of Trevor Lawrence, if the Los Angeles Chargers called up Urban Meyer today and they said, I want the number one overall pick for Justin Herbert straight up, who hangs up the phone first?
2: It's a good question. Uh, I I think the Jacksonville Jaguars would because I just think that they're they're so married to this pick. You you know think about everything that's happened in this offseason. Urban Meyer came out of you know like straight up retirement to come back and coach. He's been he's been eyeing this. I think well, his health's better, Brian. His health's better. <laughs> he's healthy now. <laughs> he's all of a sudden he all of a sudden has no ailments. But I think what's funny about it is he's healthy. Thank God. Yeah. You know, we were all really worried there for a second, I know. But, you know, the fact that you you think about what the Jacksonville – they tanked. Let's just call it what it yeah, is. You know, Drew, absolutely. Drew, absolutely. Drew and I have this conversation every goddamn year about the Detroit Lions. You know, when you're looking at a team that's only won four or five games and they got three or four games left, what do you do? I am a big proponent of tanking. I will say it again. Tank 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 because if you're the philadelphia eagles look at what they did they were able to parlay we'll get to that pick but i think in the nfl it does not behoove you to blow up and lose the first overall pick on a guy like trevor lawrence give the jacksonville jaguars credit they started mike fucking glennon you know, yeah. uh, they, they, they had no qualms about putting garbage on the field for this opportunity. And is anybody talking about it now? Absolutely no. not. Everybody's just talking about Trevor Lawrence. So I think the Jacksonville Jaguars had it in their mind that they were going to be in this position and they wanted to be in this position. It's marketing galore. It's a great fit. They could get the best coach on the market in their mind. It's, it's a, it's a home run. So I to answer your question. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars hang up the phone faster than I don't even, think they, they even entertain it.
3: And, and, and let's be honest real quick, Tony with Blaine Gabber and, uh, Blake Bortles as their last first round quarterbacks in Jacksonville. They're taking Lawrence and they're happy with the long hair, the, the, the profile, everything. It just makes, it makes perfect sense. But I,
2: but I do really worry though, because there's, there's a lot of this kind of like, you know, he's got, he's, he's a, he's a John Elway caliber guy. He's got that kind of level of athleticism. He's got accuracy of Peyton Manning. This kid is, is as flawed as any quarterback coming out, you know, in the top three, four, you know, in that Andrew Luck, John Elway, you know, cam newton matt stafford number one ballpark you know home run hit i i think that we we're also going to have to temper our expectations just a tad here he's he's a human being just like everybody else there's going to be a learning curve and i don't think he's perfect he's got a lot of flaws that that system at clemson was an absolute you know like kindergarten-esque offensive scheme so he's going to have to learn how to how to how to you know do more at the at the line of scrimmage and yeah um so he's he's good he's gonna have a learning curve but he's he's set up to be successful all around
0: He's got one of the great coaches of all time and our broadcasting partner, Urban Meyer, to take care of him, so I can't wait to see how it works out. Right, Drew? Let's move on to pick number two. Speaking of marriages between a player and a team, what do you have for
2: number two? With the number two overall pick, the New York Jets select Zach Wilson, quarterback. BYU. Another no surprise
4: here. Yeah, absolutely. Another one we I think we all knew was going to end up at this 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 position.
2: What's funny about this is Tony and I have been talking about this, I think, for the last three months or so when 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 uh, the season ended about Zach Wilson's or, you know ascendance to this sort of yep. you know high caliber quarterback where did he come from it happens every year we see a guy come out of the middle of fucking nowhere joe burrow a year ago you can even put mac jones in that category guys who just you weren't expecting and 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 he definitely hits that caliber but if you go back drew i watched a game uh his freshman year it was his bowl game his freshman year true freshman year two years ago and he played the western michigan broncos uh kalamazoo's finest he put up four Elmite. touch, four touchdowns, and was eighteen for eighteen. Now you can you can put it you know in, into the category of that being the subpar talent that he was playing against. But he, what he did at an early age, what he did you know to ascend his team even at an early age, and I remember watching that game and going, "Who the hell is this kid? This is amazing. He looks like he's twelve, but he's got room to grow." And here we are two years later talking about as 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 a number two overall two overall pick. He has that thing that you can't coach. And that, you know, we talk about off-platform throws. We talk about, you know, secondary reactions. To me, I think he's a great split between a Baker Mayfield and an Aaron Rodgers. He has that ability to do things. Now, Tony, you brought up many times his, his, his height and weight. He's nine pounds lighter than Aaron Rodgers. He's the same height as Aaron Rodgers. You know, people talk about his slight build. I don't think he's any less capable physically than any other quarterback who's, who's performing at a high level. I think what he does that other quarterbacks don't in this draft is what he does—he's a point guard. You know, he, 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 he what he can do with the ball in his hands— very few people can do now he has to be efficient with the football he's got to be able to throw open like he did at at byu now with 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 you know nfl caliber talent but you got to be worried a little bit because he is a good talent but he's he 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 hasn't been tested to the the way that you would want a number two overall pick to be tested because at the end of the day he's going to be jumping from byu playing coastal carolina to jumping into the new york Jets as the starter day one Yep. And and that's scary. That's scary to me. And I think you have to be willing to accept that this kid's gonna have a lot of problems up front.
0: Uh this is the Josh Rosen award for my for this this quarterback talent. This kid is going to flame out in the New York system. And I'm so happy that Justin Fields is not going to the New York Jets because I love Justin Fields and that organization is a piece of crap. But Justin Fields should be going to the New York Jets because this kid, Zach Wilson, he may be great, he may be all you're doing all these things. He played Navy, Coastal Carolina, Troy, North Texas, Texas State. Uh, Justin Fields proved it against Clemson, Nebraska, Penn State, Indiana, Northwestern when he had nobody around him, still won that game. He played superior talent. He played NFL defenders. Zach Wilson has never seen an NFL defender in his life. I will never understand how Zach Wilson got ahead of Justin Fields. Obviously, there's some off-the-field concerns with Justin Fields, but Zach Wilson, to me, I it should never be the number two overall pick, and I can't believe it's actually happening. And I believe you're right. This is how it's going to happen. I just don't understand it.
3: Tony, I'll uh, I'll be on the other side of you this one. I, I I'm high on this kid. I I I like his I like his not only his 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 arm action and his ability, but as Balzarina said, uh, you know, if he's slight of build coming into the league, there's no there's no league that puts weight on their players quicker than the NFL with a with the proper weight program and all the coaching and I do believe that you know with the new regime there of Robert Sala um, he's just a guy that I think will get the most out of Wilson here. I mean obviously if it's Adam Gase he's dead man's walking, but I like yeah. the combination here of Sala and that they actually took time to assess their situation. They made the decision to trade Darnold clearly with Wilson as their guy in mind. Yeah. So, I think Wilson's going in with with all the tools he needs to succeed now if he does. That'll probably be most mostly up to him, obviously on his performance. But if I was a Jets fan, I'd be feeling very, very, very optimistic and excited about Wilson in New York.
2: And, and keep in mind, this is a copycat league. When you look at you know the Mike Shanahan Mike Shanahan offense coming with Lafleur to to New York, the New York Jets organization, that is a good marriage between a skill set. And and a coaching staff. Now, who's to say whether they can implement that properly with the with the offensive line woes that they have? Um, you know, with the lack of receiving talent that they have. I mean, I, they know they went out and signed Corey Davis and and some other players, but you know, they they have a lot of work to do. Now, granted, they have another second round or another first round pick, so they got to make hay with that. But at the end of the day, this is a pretty good marriage from from scheme to fit. And what this kid could do in a Shanahan offense is lights out if they if they hit on this. So I think it's a it's a low ceiling high high or high ceiling low flo- uh, you know high floor sort of situation i think but if if they can get him to that sort of height that they hope where you know t- five eight years from now they're t- we're talking a-, a baker mayfield aaron Rodgers type player that's a win that's a 100 percent win and i think it's a good marriage um i would put my name on this kid I-, I i just think there's a little bit of concern what you can do around him knowing the track record for the new york jets
0: I can't believe you just said Baker Mayfield and Aaron Rodgers in the same sentence. Let's move on to the team that should have drafted Aaron Rodgers, the team that moved up to number three. You have trades in your mock that you think are going to pan out. This trade already happened. San Fran moving up to number three to get their guy. Who is that guy?
2: With the number three overall pick the San Francisco 49ers select, Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. Unbelievable. I, you know, for the life of me, since this trade took place, everybody's, you know, speculation, uh, you know, rampant everywhere exactly what this pick's going to be. What blows my mind, and this is what I I, got to understand when this is all (laughs) said and done. I cannot wait for the next 24 hours after this first round. I want to know why this is a secret. Why is this a secret? They have nowhere to go. They're not giving the pick away. Nobody's moving up. Nobody's taking it from them. Why the fuck don't we know who they're taking? We know who the who the New York Jets are taking. We, we but we have zero fucking clue who the San Francisco Forty is. Why is it a goddamn secret? So so that's my first question. Number number two, why do I think it's Mac Jones? I think it's Mac Jones because a I can't discount the fact that. The way people are talking within that organization or around that organization in, in San Francisco and around and who are way more connected you know key word of me is, is I'm an amateur I'm taking information from everywhere but when you distill the information down it's hard to ignore that that the Mac Jones drum beating happening out of the San Francisco 49ers is loud and it has not stopped now Trey Lance has come on late that he could be the guy and you know he could sit and he's got a high ceiling but I think when you look at what uh, Kyle Shanahan does at, in San Francisco he loves pocket passers he yeah. does he loves pocket passers and honestly, if I'm giving a good comp here, Matt Jones is a Matt Ryan with who, who took tennis lessons. You know what I mean? Like the guy, the guy knows how to move around. He's got, he's got good skill. Now people are going to say, guy, you know, he's not athletic. The guy ran a four fucking seven, five. He's yeah. not, he's not a, he's not a shit athlete. He yeah. looks like a, he looks like a guy who, you know, does keg stands on the weekend uh, pretty regularly. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, like he's a young kid too. He's 22 years old. He's going to, he's going to develop. He's going to have time to sit. I think Kyle Shanahan looks at Mac Jones and goes, wow, what could I get this kid to do? He's a hot, he's got a high ceiling. Or excuse me, he's got a high floor. He's a high floor kind of guy. Yeah. I Especially don't think. In that he's offense. G- I don't, I mean, what he was able to do at Alabama in the high percentage throws, I mean, a kid threw 77% completion with, you know, I mean, Alabama open is a real thing, but he threw to guys before they were open. So you can see what this kid's capable of doing. I think Shanahan salivates at the intelligence that that this kid brings to to the table and what he could get out of this kid and how he could help him grow. I think what he sees is somebody that he can mold. So I I think it's Mac Jones.
4: I mean, I know the guy took him to a Super Bowl, but I just worry about a Jimmy Garoppolo situation here because of the. Fact that he has a high floor and not a high ceiling, in 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 my view, um, he's not quite as poised, I think, as you would want an NFL starter to be. Um, he he has a tendency to to lock in on a receiver, which I mean, when you have a Devontae Smith, I think that's you know it's easy to, it's easy to do that, and I can see why my one might do that. Um, but I I do have some concerns about the potential for him to just kind of be mediocre, and that we've seen as good as Mac Jones can be already. And if, if Alabama Mac Jones is as good as he can be already, I mean, maybe he could win for a few teams in the NFL, but if he's not going to get better, I mean I think you're just drafting another another guy who's gonna be a Jimmy Garoppolo for you for a couple of years, maybe get you to the playoffs once and then you're gonna be looking to ship off in a few years. And
2: and take into a couple a couple of accounts that, that make a difference. Well, number one, he has been repeatedly called the best interview in this 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 um uh draft season. Arguably people have said like he is beyond the smartest and most intelligent quarterback we've ever interviewed. Um and that's coming out of people who have no who have no stake in and, and know that they're not gonna have an opportunity. To your point too, Dangles, about his like Kind of like his 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 you know low ceiling. I, I I would argue that it's it's less about his ceiling and more where he's at. And I think ultimately, when you talk about Steve Sarkeesian, the former offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide, what he was able to do, and in the, by the end of the season, he said, "I was able to install more with Mac Jones than I was with any other quarterback I've ever coached in my life." And he's got quite a track record. So when you think about Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan's an ego guy, like in a good way. Like he, I think he's earned that. Right, But remember, this organization is built around Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, in his contract, has the last call on who he picks. Mm. In this instance, my question would be, if it's not Mac Jones, and let's say say it goes Trey Lance, it goes out of the blue, how far does Mac Jones fall? is my Mm. question. How Mm. far does Mac Jones really fall? So I think that speaks less to about Mac Jones's, you know, capabilities and more to what I think Kyle Shanahan thinks about Mac Jones and what he can do in his offense. I think Kyle Shanahan, you know, he's going to make the call at the end of the day. I think they, they, they haven't let out because I think they've kind of toyed with maybe Trey Lance and maybe Justin Fields. And I think they've tried to do their due diligence, but I think eventually Mac Jones ends up becoming the, the, the guy that they call on, um, on, on, uh, Thursday here.
0: Number four, presumably the first non-QB taken unless there is a trade. What do you have for number four?
2: With the number four overall pick, I have the Atlanta Falcons staying and picking Kyle Pitts, tight end Florida.
4: I can't wait to see this marriage. I think that makes perfect sense, yeah.
2: I think what's funny about this is we've had kind of a, you know, an evolution from the in, from the beginning of the draft season to now sort of like people toying with that notion of a quarterback, you know, Justin Fields is sitting right here. If you're Atlanta, yep. you think really long and hard about whether or not you want to you want a guy in the back. There's a lot of logic to say that that's smart. Now, two things that really Stop me from 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 making that selection, and that's you know Arthur Smith, the the new offensive or you know, you know former offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Titans, now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, um, is a former tight ends coach. Number one, number two, he is a guy who also you know salivates at having an effective, very diverse. Offense built around the running game, but starts and 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 is it has shifted through the quarterback and what he's been able to do with with Titans in Tennessee. Um, I really just think that this is a good marriage, and you're you're selecting the best player. I think Atlanta, even though they're drafting at number four, you know, due to injuries, due to you know some coaching, you know, um, ineptitude. I think this is a team who th- believes that they can compete um with Matt with Matt Ryan and I think Arthur Smith thinks he can do more and I think getting him a piece makes a lot of sense and what, what let's be real Kyle Pitts is, is Calvin Johnson incarnate I think he has that capability I think the only thing that separates him from from Calvin Johnson is is maybe just a a, a tad bit of a vertical leap but his his catch radius his speed his ability I mean this guy's could be a pure x receiver yeah. you know what I mean like he he doesn't necessarily need to be a tight end I think this guy can line up at the x the y the z if he wanted to and and, block it, and, and all in the same play I think he just has the he just has so much ability that I don't think you're gonna miss on a guy at this high, at this rate and, and at drafting this high it's about creating discrepancies between you and other teams why would you draft a tight end well you would draft a tight end if he's fucking George Kittle you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, we can go get him in the third. You can't bet on that. This well, guy's yeah. a pure talent. This guy's a pure talent. And he solves
4: a problem that this team has had consistently for the last couple of years, or could potentially solve a problem, which is inability to score in the red zone. The Falcons are very good at getting down the field. What they're not good at is putting the ball in the end zone, especially through the air. And especially on the later downs, Kyle Pitts gives them somebody who can line up, as you said, in a bunch of different places, gives them some versatility inside, you know, 20 yards with, uh, and or with goal to go, uh, and maybe help solve some of that problem. Uh, which has always baffled me about the Falcons when you've got receivers like Calvin Ridley and, and Julio Jones.
2: I'll give you a crazy stat. This one was like, I was like, this is a done deal. Crazy stat. Out of his 43 or 44 catches last year, only four of them didn't go for a touchdown or a first down.
0: <laughs>
2: only four catches didn't go for a touchdown or a first down. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard it. I've, I've never heard a stat like that in my life. He is a huge home run hit, literally a home run hitter.
0: And number five, number five overall pick, Cincinnati's sitting there. Joe Burrow, they've rebuilt his knee. They've made him stronger. What is Cincinnati going to do, number five?
2: With the fifth overall pick, the Cincinnati Bengals select Jamar Chase, wide receiver, LSU. Dumb. Lock it. Oh
4: my God. Yeah. This isn't what I think they should do, but it's what I think they will do. I think they should take the kid from Oregon, Penae Sewell, here because they need to improve that offensive line, but I think this is what they will do for all the reasons I'm sure you're about to explain, maybe chief of which the uh, the relationship that we know that Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have.
3: If they if they actually pass on <laughs> Penae Sewell after signing Riley fucking Reef in the offseason, I get Jamar Chase and Furthermore, I get the connection of him and Burrow at LSU and their friends. But if you if you pass on a world-class offensive lineman, Joe Burrow can't throw the ball when his legs broke or he's on his back.
2: Remember here, one quick thing is and to take note is, unlike any other organization, the Cincinnati Bengals front office is the same front office who's picked the last 25 years. Yep, exactly. Plus, so you, we have a track record. And they've know missed exactly. on a
3: lot of offensive linemen, by the way. They've missed on 100%. a lot of offensive linemen.
2: But the way they look at it, and this is how I come come to, to learn about it and think about it, I I think what separates Jamar Chase from Penny Sewell is I think they believe they can get somebody in the top of the two. I don't think you can find a Jamar Chase um, at the top of, of, of round two, number one. Number two, their, their weakness is actually not at tackle. Their weakness is at guard. They actually have a terrible interior offensive line. Mm. I don't think think Pene Sewell is the kind of guy that you want to pay to be a left guard or a right guard. Mm. I think he's the kind of guy that you want to maybe potentially start at right and then shift him over to left. I just don't think that they're willing to put that kind of money in a guy who's going to play guard when they think they can get a guard at the top of round two. I think Jamar Chase is is a great pick here i don't think i don't really think you can go wrong i think both those players are great picks i think jamar chase is otherworldly i think what he did in 2019 was next to godly if he manages to keep that and and run that in and then you combine him with joe burrow um, and and you gotta remember he actually speeds up the process for joe burrow he actually makes things faster when you don't have guys who are getting open you're gonna get sacked it's that simple
0: yeah
2: i think having jamar chase on the other side plus Building, putting in a guard, or maybe a, you know a potential center later on in the draft. There's a lot of stats. There's, you know, PFF talks about it all the time. If you want to make a, a a good unit great, do it. If you want to make an average unit good, it doesn't actually move the needle as much. So right. you're moving from giving, you know, your wide receiver core Jamar Chase, making it from good to great. Making the selection at, with Penny Sewell makes an average unit good. So I really think that if you want to think around that philosophy and, and make leaps at the top of the at the top of the one, I think that's the way to go with Jamar Chase.
0: Interesting to see how far Sewell falls. Coming up, number six, a team that was three traded back to twelve, then back up to six. Who does Miami want here?
2: We have a trade. The oh, first another trade. trade. The day of draft, the first trade. We have a trade from the Miami Dolphins to the Denver Broncos. Okay. They move up to select Justin Fields, quarterback. Interesting. Ohio State. Interesting.
0: Very
3: interesting. This is, to me, one of
2: the hardest points of the draft to be at because you're seeing these guys drop but at the at the same time I I you know like we saw last year you know there were a lot of teams trying to get out of that you know third fourth fifth pick last year but nobody bit why because I just believe that like last year you, there's there's a lot of question marks in this draft you don't have the same level of evaluation these guys aren't playing the amount of time but what I think Denver has an opportunity to do is get in front of Detroit there's a lot of buzz out there that Detroit you know sort of thinking about quarterback maybe not they're looking to trade out but i don't think if you're denver if you have your eyes locked on justin field or trey lance you even allow that to 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 be a consideration for detroit and if you think about detroit being a very you know avid trade partner with somebody i don't think you want to you want to play with that game and i think if you don't I think if you don't make the move now to get some competition in that room and 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 one 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 thing to make an argument for in terms of getting Justin Fields in at quarterback in that um, in that system with with Shermer and and Vangio, I think the thing that will make this team so much better in the short term is that they've put so much investment in that wide receiving core. They have such yeah. a you know investment in that offensive line. Their defense is humming. You're missing one piece. Yeah. You're missing one piece. Drop that guy in. Get that rookie contract now. Get that get that cycle going now. You've got four years to win a Super Bowl, and you've got to compete with Mahomes. You got to compete yeah. with Herbert. You've got to you know like what are you waiting for? Go yeah. fucking get him and and all you have to do is give up this year's three and next year's three that's a that's a home run go fucking get him
0: interested to see drew Locke and justin fields in the same qb room these guys are known to put in the extra work to get better i'm sure that'll work out for denver number seven detroit before we get to who brian has this is drew's team shape of the shark who do you want to see detroit take at number seven Seeing in the field as it is right now
3: it's like groundhog day for lions fans man i mean you know, I Belzerino was uh, was correct not only because I, I was I was screaming for the Lions to trade back last year and, and Ballarino was all over. He said not only will they won't trade back, they'll they're gonna take uh, Okuda at number three, which they did. Now we don't have to talk about his uh, very, very underwhelming rookie year. Cornerbacks the biggest uh, Yeah, no, nah, but like listen, I am I'm, I'm not worried about his I'm not worried I'm not worried about his long term development. Cornerback is clearly the hardest to play as rookie. However, however uh, this is all for me as the sharp lions fan here, you know, they got a stockpile picks. If there's any opportunity to trade back of any years, it's this year. So for me, it's a hundred percent. You trade back, you collect picks and you know, I, I love the idea of, 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 Parsons. I know he's got some off the field issues, but I love the idea of Parsons later on in the middle of the first round. If they have to keep the pick, please take a receiver, uh, whether it be Waddle or, Or Smith or or, or someone, but I am all in on the Lions trading back, stockpiling picks. That's what I want.
2: Ballerina, are you listening to Drew's wishes? This is why I love you guys. Great minds think alike. Great minds think alike. (laughs) There is a trade, (laughs) back-to-back trades happening. In this instance, we we have the Arizona Cardinals jumping up to the seventh overall pick, giving up next year's one. Wow. And that's it to select Jalen Waddell, wide receiver, Alabama.
0: Unbelievable.
2: If we know anything... If we know anything about the Arizona Cardinals offseason, they are thirsty to make this year a Super Bowl run. We Correct. see it, we know what they're doing, we know exactly how they're how they're operating. We know Cliff Kingsbury is 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 wild about his offense, thinks of himself very highly an offensive uh, guru, although we know that it to be the, the, the not the case. I think what he's missing doesn't know how to call timeouts. Doesn't know how to call timeouts, poor, poor, poor clock management. But at the end of the day, he he thinks he's one or two pieces away. He thinks He's mm-hmm. one or two pieces away. It could be it, it, you know, there's there's an argument to be made that he might sit or may move up to get a get a cornerback, but that's not how they roll. That's not how Arizona rolls. Yeah. I think Arizona's I think Arizona's gonna get hungry. I think Detroit is literally putting up the bat signal literally putting up the bat signal we will we will take anything to get out
1: of they this should pick. be
4: they should be they should be they can't win right now with the quarterback if they draft a quarterback right now great they have Justin Fields on their roster but who's he throwing to how are they going to set up how are they going to set up a run game their offensive line stinks they don't have a defense they need to stockpile they, they need to stockpile everything they can to build this roster and and,
2: and do it right this time
3: the <laughs> offensive line is the only thing that doesn't stink but everything else you're right
2: and let's and let's also call that out I I think the only reason they stay here and pick is they pick pen and you make a good unit great and you and you make that and, and what you get is a 10-year cool. you know reign of having an offensive yeah. line so i struggled between them staying and them getting but if you're the arizona cardinals and you dangle if next year's one or yeah. even a this year's two, the same value yeah. next year's one and this year's two, I don't think Detroit thinks twice. I think they take that. They move back. And you got to remember Detroit's going to get five or six starters out of this draft. That's how bad their roster is. So I, I think the more that they get, the more people they get, I think the, the more willing they're going to they're going to move back. And I think it's a prime a prime real estate for that first wide receiver to come off the board.
0: And with the new man in charge from the LA Rams making those picks, they very well could get five or six starters out of this draft. He has a track record of doing that. Let's go to number eight. Are we having our third trade in a row or is Carolina staying put? They have Sam Darnold in tow. Who are they
2: going with? Carolina stays put because they cannot pass on Panay Sewell tackle Oregon. You awesome. just traded Sam Darnold. You just got rid of the you know, you know, you just gave up a lot of trap, you know, draft capital to, to to get your quarterback. Protect the shit out of him. The word coming out of Carolina is either they're gonna draft Panay Sewell, Patrick Zatane, or, or or trade out. So if you thinking around those lines, getting that top tier player, um, I think Panay Sewell is your is your dream boat if you're Carolina. So they sit pat stay here. They they kind of fend maybe some light offers here and there, but I think they stay put
0: unbelievable good for carolina man i think sewell's the real deal and good for them staying put getting who they want let's go to the ninth pick it was denver's pick but in your mark you have miami trading back to this spot who is miami taking now at number nine three moves in the top 12 of this draft for miami
2: so what is what is Miami trying to achieve? They're just trying to get weapons for for uh, for my man Tua. I think they stay pat. I think they they look at the board and they say we're not going to get a, a top tier receiving option at, at any point. I think they stay put and they select Devonta Smith, wide receiver, Alabama. Going I think a little some, bit early. Yeah, this is—I think he could slip past this point. I think there's a couple teams in that, you know, low teens to high teens that will, will flirt with Devonta Smith. But I think this is a marriage. I, I really believe that if you're Miami, you, you've, you've, you've moved up, you've moved back. I think it's clear that they want that top-tier receiving option, whether it be Pitts, Waddle, um, or Chase. But I think at this point, I think Devonta Smith's the guy.
0: Dangles is sitting there waiting for New England. Uh, he sees Trey Lance falling. It might very well happen. Let's move on to number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. And obviously, Dak Prescott missed last year with that horrific injury. A lot of work they have to do. A lot of those all-star players are off the board. Brian, the ballerina, Balzarini. who do you have the Cowboys taking at 10th?
2: I have the Cowboys sticking at the 10th overall position and selecting Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback, Alabama.
0: Interesting.
2: So I saw this as a pivot point, too, that there could be some potential trade-up, but I really believe that... Um, jerry jones and the and the uh, dallas cowboy organization believe that they're ready to win now i think yep. if you're a team who's ready to win now you do not draft back you kit your one blue chip player and you got to think that most teams only have a draft board of about 100 to 150 players at most if you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're looking at your draft board and you're saying, we want a blue chip player or we're out of there, this is one of the last blue chip guys. This is one of the few last blue chip guys at a position of need and you know that he has pedigree. He comes from a great program. You know, the, the Dallas Cowboys are known for picking players out of Alabama and those top tier programs. I think it's a home run. I think if they're looking here, they might look Rayshon Slater, but I really just believe that the difference between Rayshon Slater and, and the positional value you get out of Patrick Satane and the home run hitter that he is, I think it's a home run all around.
0: Now, number 11 we're starting a slew of NFC East picks. Number 11, the Giants. They've been rumored to have Devonta Smith number one on their board at this pick. He's already gone in your mock. Who do you have the Giants taking?
3: Ballerina, sorry to interrupt you. I just want to be clear. So you got Sir Tain as the first defensive player off the board, correct? At 10? I,
0: I do, sir. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Keep going. And the fourth Alabama player in the top 10.
2: And, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to bring that up later. But remember, there's a premium on guys who played this year. There's a premium on the players that we saw. There's rumor coming out of all over the the the, the, the ecosphere that there are teams putting an emphasis on, t- on players that played this year. And you, there's not a secret why that would be. So I think that's why Alabama is going to be a very hot commodity in this draft. Um, with the 11th overall pick, the New York Giants stay put because we know Gettleman can't trade, uh, will not trade ever. And they stick and they pick Rayshon Slater, tackle Northwestern. Um, wow. I think the team, the players here that you gotta you gotta consider here, they want pass rush. The value's not there. They wanted those wide receivers, they're not there. But they get Rayshon Slater, and and they've got a guy who can move to guard, who can stay at tackle, who swing. Um, they're one piece away on that offensive line from having a pretty pretty productive offensive line. They got Nate Solder coming back. They, yep. they put Andrew, you know, Andrew Thomas in at left tackle last year. They have Will Hernandez still. I really just think that if you've got that one missing piece, you make a good unit great right? And yep. I think, and I think, you know, Gettleman loves his big uglies and I think he's going to stick there. And if he's got Rayshon Slater staring him right in the face, you don't look twice. That's your last blue chip player uh, in my mind of this draft. And I think David Gettleman comes home with a home run.
0: That'd be an embarrassment of riches for those giants at the tackle position. Interesting to see how that would work out on the offensive line. But as you said, that the last blue chip player that you have in this mock, And up next is number 12, Philly, a team that was sitting at six. And the trade back to me did not make too much sense because Philly has so many needs. I understand they needed more picks, but they just missed out on all the blue chip players, according to Brian, the ballerina Balzerini. So at 12,
2: what does Philly do? Great point, Tony. And that's why they trade out. Okay. I think right at... Look look who's still on the board. Who's that one player that we're all kind of wondering, how is he slipping this far? Yep. And that's Trey Lance. They trade with the Chicago Bears. Oh, no dangles.
4: Yes, yes, yes.
2: yes. At the 20th overall That's pick.
4: That's tough. I don't like that at all.
2: <laughs> the Chicago Bears give up a goddamn ransom and then some to save their fucking asses and they trade and they trade up to pick Trey Lance quarterback North Dakota State University. I think when I look at this draft, I see two teams that are absolutely desperate for a quarterback, Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears. I think the New England Patriots and the Washington Football Team feel pretty good about what they have in their room. I don't think mm. they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna sell the farm to move up. I think Bill Belichick knows what he wants. I think he knows that if, if a guy slips far enough, he might go up and get him. But I don't think he's I, a. I think he has to work. It has to be the guy that he wants. I think he looks at Mac Jones and I think he looks at Justin Fields. I think when he looks at Trey Lance, he understands what this kid is, and I think he thinks he's going to be a fine quarterback. But I just don't believe that he, he, he's willing to to sell the farm to get that guy. And I think that Chicago Bears are absolutely the most desperate team and are willing to overpay. And I think if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you're sitting right here and you're going, God, you know what? They're going to give us next year's one, this year's three. Like you, would, you wouldn't you would think twice about it. And if you're the Philadelphia Eagles, you now have almost four. If the Carson Wentz trade goes, goes right, right, you might have four, four, First round draft picks next year, well, and I think right. Chicago is a. And, and I think the rumors are Philadelphia is looking to move back too. So it makes a lot of sense if this is the way the board. I mean, goes.
4: we've we've seen the Bears willing to overpay for to move up to get quarterbacks in the past, and and I will I will just throw this out there because I wanted to throw this out last time we had a quarterback trade. I thought this was an interesting stat. This is according to ESPN's draft pick valuations. In the twenty five trades up for a first round quarterback in the common draft area, the team moving up has overpaid every time, every single time this happens so I mean this is a franchise that we know is willing to do that and it, it, it the way that the trades shake out you end up overpaying at, at the end of the day um, I'm kind of bummed because I do like the idea of Troy a New England Patriot but I agree with what you said we could talk more about this as we get to the Patriots pick but I, I agree with you I think Belichick's probably not going to go after a guy unless he is 100% certain he has to have him
0: R.I.P. Andy Dalton, QB one of the Chicago Bears.
2: And 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 lastly, very quickly, I, I think it's it, it's worth noting. Why does Dre, Trey Lance fall this far? I think when you look at what what's been ahead of him, right? You've got yeah. Justin Fields, Jalen Waddle, Penay Sewell, Devonta Smith, Patrick Surtain, Ray Slater. Those are guys that I think are are pretty solid, you know. Holistically, from the from the drafting community, from scouts to analysts, to every those are guys that are come in, plug and play, start day one. Yeah, I think now you're getting into those players that are going to have to take time to trade, you know, to, to mature and go. And I think there those teams ahead of them aren't willing to trade back as far as 20 with the Chicago with the Chicago Bears. And and I think now is that window where you're like, okay, if you're Chicago, make that move. That you've got a window, take it. So I think that's why this is why why Trey Lance slips out of the top 10. I will be willing to bet. And I I know this is what you guys are thinking. I bet you one of these quarterbacks gets out of the top 10 because of the value uh, from Penny Sewell, Jalen Waddell, etc. And I think think it's going to be Trey Lance.
0: Yep, 12 picks in. All five quarterbacks are gone. The L.A. Chargers are next at 13. And I'm interested to see where you have them
2: going. With the 13th overall pick, the Los Angeles Chargers select J.C. Horn, cornerback, South Carolina. They they are one of those teams that could use an offensive. I think Christian Dariusaw is in play here from the tackle from from um, uh, Virginia Tech. I think you've got maybe Elijah Vera Tucker guard tackle uh, potentially tackle prospect out of USC at this point. But I think what you're getting with JC Horn is a lockdown fantastic corner who has room to go who's got all the measurables he's tall he's lean he's long he can make you know make plays um if you can keep him keep him contained a little bit at the at the line of scrimmage i think you've got yourself a a hell of a starting quarterback and i think the 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 los angeles chargers who desperately need some help at the cornerback position get that guy and and again this is that guy on the cusp of being maybe one of those blue chip players i think it's a great pick for los angeles chargers all right number 14 minnesota vikings the Minnesota Vikings select Elijah Vera Tucker, tackle USC. I think this is the guy that they've, that they've pinpointed as a guy who's got flexibility, who has a high-end potential of being a tackle, low-end being an all-pro, uh, pro-bowl caliber uh, guard. I think that's what the, the Vikings uh, value. I think that they love that versatility, and it gives them a guy that they can start day one.
0: Number 15, Dangles, we're going to you first. Your Patriots are here. You've seen the board as Brian has it. What do you want them to do?
4: Man, well, you know, this is where I would have liked to see us either, you know, if somebody slipped, take a quarterback, or you know, ideally, I'd like to see them move, uh, try and move up. Um, I'd like to see them try and move up and take Justin Fields and maybe move something with the with the Detroit Lions, who, as I said, I think will be should be looking to trade. But, um, given what I know, given what I know about what our needs are, and given what I know about what what at least what I can find about what we're interested in, I think this is probably where we see Micah Parsons from Penn State go. We have a dire need at linebacker. Um, he fills that for us. Um, I know there's some interest in Greg Newsom, the cornerback out of um, uh, uh, Northwestern as well um, I know I know uh, I've read from some of our beat writers that that there's some interest in him it would be kind of high uh, for him to go I think comparatively but um, that has never stopped Belichick from drafting the guy that he wants at the end of the day um, you know but I really think it, it, so uh, yeah so I would like to see them go get a quarterback but given what we have here I think Micah Parsons from Penn State is our pick
2: dangles 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 again great minds think alike Micah Parsons, linebacker, Penn State, is my pick for the New England Patriots as well.
4: I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, You know... I think he's awesome. I I, I don't hate it. He's very good. He's very good. And he fills a need for us uh, at linebacker. Um, I mean, trading up for a quarterback plays two roles, not only giving us the quarterback for the future um, or hoping that someone slips, um, but it also lights an extra fire under Cam Newton's ass to be that much better. Best case scenario. We have the quarterback of the future and Cam Newton has a breakout season. I think that's unlikely. I'm saying best case scenario, worst case scenario. Cam's exactly what we think he is, which is still not great. And we've still got our quarterback of the future. Uh, but the way this draft shook out, obviously, was not one where we ended up getting a quarterback. And look, it, maybe Belichick knows something about Kellen Mond or Kyle Trask that we don't. And maybe he's more interested in, in in just holding out. And think about it. With all this interest in the offensive players and the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and, and the offensive tackles, there are a lot of really good defensive players that are just tumbling down the board. And we know Belichick loves to get those, you know, he loves value. And if he can get defensive players, what have what has the one through line been besides Tom Brady with all of the, most of these teams? that have won Super Bowls. They've had excellent defenses.
2: Yeah, and I think you make a great point, Dangles, about the developmental part about it. If you're the Patriots and you're thinking about Trey Lance or Justin Fields, those guys are the, you're going to have to develop. You're going to sit behind Cam Newton. Why not wait till the second or third round to take a guy like Kellen Mond or Davis Mills or whatever? You, you're going to have to develop them no matter what. And I think if you're the Patriots, you've proven – by your actions, that you think you are a playoff Super Bowl contending team, I think Micah Parsons puts you in a category where you elevate that defense right away. Donta Hightower, who's coming back, he yep. may not come back, but, he, but you give him the ability to do what he does best. You put Micah Parsons on the field and you blitz the shit out of the quarterback yep. uh, every day. So you, you help a defense uh, become from good to great, hopefully.
0: Now, Drew, we're going to go to you next because number 16, Brian has in his mock. This is where Detroit is traded back to. You've seen the board as it is. Do you have someone, if they're going to go the way the ballerina has, do you have someone at 16 that you want to see Detroit take?
3: Oh, man. Well, Parsons would be that guy. Obviously, uh, the ballerina had him uh, the pick prior. Uh, He would be my guy for sure since he's off the board. Um, Man, if available... Let's keep trading back lions.
4: Uh, <laughs> um, let's just let's just. I, keep toyed, with back. I yeah. toyed with it. I toyed with it. You don't like them but, taking maybe but, a Zayvon Collins here if, if they want that linebacker. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this kid I seems mean, to be pretty I good mean, too. Best,
3: I mean, I I I would think the best player on the board would probably be Dariusaw, the tackle from Virginia Tech. Um, but man, yeah, slim slim, slim pickings here uh, for the Lions as far as uh, from, from what I can see as far as. Not having receiver available at 15, I think it's way too early to reach for uh, Tony from, from from Florida. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it up to the expert in Ballerina and tell me who we're taking.
2: All right, here we go. I I think this is a home run because I think this is also one of those guys, depending on who you talk to, who is a blue-chip player just at not a position of need. And it's Jeremiah Wusukoromora, linebacker, Notre Dame. I think this guy is an instant impact player no matter where he plays. The only issue is that he is an undersized linebacker whose expertise are playing in the slot. And playing the safety position, depending on where you put him, uh Joker position, uh in in uh in 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 the Notre Dame off uh defense, rather. And I think he ends up coming to the Detroit Lions and and filling a massive need, and that is a coverage linebacker Mm -hmm. who specializes in making tackles and being a box box linebacker, box safety if, if and when you need him to. His versatility is prime. I mean, you gotta remember Darius Leonard. Plays at 215 now. He was a 230 and 235 pound linebacker who plays below 215 now because of the way the defenses uh, are, are trying to match yep. up against these very speedy wide receivers. I think if you're the Detroit Lions and you look at your lack of depth at the linebacker position, the major glaring need is anybody who can cover. They have they have a need at safety and they've got a need at corner. I think this guy allows you to go from sideline to sideline to make plays and cover at the same time, and he's a guy on the field who plays and starts for you for the next five years, no doubt about it.
0: All right, number seventeen. We're at the back half of the draft. Let's start rifling through some of these picks. The Las Vegas Raiders sit at seventeen.
2: All right, here we go. Oakland Raiders select Christian Darisaw, tackle, Virginia Tech. Massive need. They have a glaring the, the, the need at the left tackle, right tackle position. They can come plug plug and play right away. Get their left tackle, and they're set to go. And he fits that he fits the Oakland Raiders, or rather the Las Vegas Raiders uh, mindset really well. Still can't get that right. Um, and I think I think this is a guy that they're looking to get in the trenches right away.
0: See, that seems like too intelligent of a pick for this Las Vegas Raiders team. But number 18 is Miami. Miami picking again.
2: Who do we have Miami taking here? Jalen Phillips, Edge, Miami, Florida. I think he's the number one passer in this. In this, If it weren't for his medicals, he'd be the clear top 10, maybe potential uh, defensive end. I think secretly... I almost gave the New York Gi- Giants this guy. Keep an eye out. Jalen Phillips could be a New York Giant uh, at, at eleven uh, because we know Gettleman loves his players and you know you know fixates on them. But I think he makes it here to Miami and they get that they get that defensive end they're looking to 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 use. And I think they keep him in Miami where he performed at his best.
0: Okay, Phillips rising up the board. The Washington football team are at nineteen. They have uh Ryan Fitzpatrick as their quarterback, no QB's left. They might grab one later. Who do you have maybe adding to that great defense of theirs?
2: I like Rashad Bateman here, the wide receiver from Minnesota. Wow. They need an ex-receiver. They need somebody who can who can who's a possession type receiver. I think they've got a lot of guys who can go deep, a lot of guys who can play gadget roles, but I think they need that clear number one possession receiver, and I think Rashad Bateman gives them that. Um, I think you could have seen Micah Parsons go here or Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa, but I think because they're gone, they stick to their, their bread and butter and they get a guy who I think comes in and plays right away.
0: Interesting. That makes my decision for what I want Green Bay to do a lot more clear as we get closer to their pick. But Philly now is at the 20th pick after that trade with Chicago in your mock, Who do you have the Philadelphia Eagles taking now with the 20th overall?
2: I have the Philadelphia Eagles trading down once oh my again. Oh God. I, Jesus. I Howie the, Roseman. I, I think Philadelphia sits here again knowing what their needs are, knowing where the value is. I think they trade out of this again because I think the Cleveland Browns have a clear opportunity to upgrade and make a push for that Super Bowl. And they wow. select Quitty, they, Quitty Page. Uh, Pay edge out of Michigan. They need a guy. They need a bully in the middle. And they need a guy who has defensive end, defensive tackle flexibility, depending on what gap scheme you want to run. I think Pay is a guy who fits a need for them. And I think there's a great value right here. And I think they, they, they know if he sinks any further, he's not going to be there for them. I think they come up and they, and they, and they push.
4: How he does love his deals he just he loves his he loves his deals and if you're an Eagles fan you gotta be beating your head against the wall here just like wanting just wanting something that you can touch as like the potential future just a tangible thing not just like trust the process which I would think Philadelphia fans are tired of trusting the process at this point now it paid off in the case of the 76ers but I feel like Eagles fans are a little more thirsty for a a win right now and there's just nothing tangible on this roster to give them hope that there's a future
2: just just wait, hey. six picks here. They got six picks. Just hey. you wait. And real quick,
3: also as a, as a huge Michigan Wolverine fan, Quitty did look fantastic. Did look fantastic in all three snaps he played in the COVID year. At <laughs> <good. laughs>
0: I can't wait for Chris Collinsworth to excitedly say the name Pay. Number 21, Indian- Indianapolis is coming up next. Who do we have at 21?
2: I've got them taking Tevin Jenkins' tackle at Oklahoma State University. They get that left tackle. They don't have to sign uh, any, any veteran uh, left tackle. They got the guy that they were probably looking for, comes in, starts right away, and makes that l- l- offensive line for Carson Wentz legitimate.
0: A lot of offensive linemen going in this mock drew. Pay attention to those bets. Number twenty two, Tennessee.
2: Tennessee is doing backflips, backflips <laughs> because this player is available, and I've heard that they're they're enamored with this guy. So I think it's a good marriage. They select Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Ole Miss. I think they get this kid in right away. He starts right away, and I think he becomes that that fit that Corey Davis left uh, when when going to free agency. I think this is a great pick. I hear he's excited. I think Tony could be a pick here, but I think Elijah Moore's has the ability to be an ex receiver um, and not just a slack guy.
0: Tony Fallen. reunite
2: some rebels from Ole Miss with AJ Brown there too. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a gang uh, a party up at Tennessee. So I think that's a good fit.
0: 23, New York Jets. They have Zach Wilson at number two. Do they stay here and take another player?
2: I think there's great value at this uh, at this point in the draft for for position for a position like this and a player like this. I think they select Greg Newsom, cornerback, Northwestern. I think they got a guy who can come in, play right away, um, help that defense out. They they can't go wrong if they select if there's a guy here like Tevin Jenkins and getting him in the in the building too uh, and play and, and protect uh, Zach Wilson, your new your new franchise quarterback. But I think Greg Newsom provides them a position of need and a guy who could easily go sooner. And I think he's a great value at this point.
0: Okay, okay. 24, Pittsburgh. Big Ben making one last run at the ship. What do you have Pittsburgh doing here?
2: I feel bad for the Pittsburgh Steelers because I tried to get them a quarterback. I wanted them to move up. I just don't think that works for them this year. I think they're all in on Ben, and I certainly think that they would love to see a tackle at this position. I just don't see the value. I think they can find a guy, maybe move up later in the draft. I think they take a guy that's got a Pittsburgh Steeler written all over him and that's zavin collins linebacker tulsa position like of that. need that he's a big he, the guy is six 270 pounds six four six five 270 pound linebacker who actually can cover i think that is a rarity i think he's got versatility with devin bush all day i think that's a great pick for them
0: 25 jacksonville trevor lawrence is in tow who do you have going to jacksonville
2: I think this has been in the book since day one, and I just don't have any reason not to pick him. I think it's Trayvon Morig, safety TCU. I think this kid is a slam dunk. I would love to see my Lions pick him up, but I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have have an opportunity to get their quarterback of the, of the secondary, and this is a guy that I think they're going to love
0: interesting tcu showing up in the first round and then philadelphia eagles at 26 good god is philly going to get a player
2: they do they stay here and i gotta tell you what this might be the best pick of the draft if you're talking about value they sit and plug they sit and pick caleb farley cornerback virginia tech just think about what that is think about what just happened if that happens they trade back several times pick up several times pick up first round draft picks next year, pick up capital later in the draft this year, later next year. And they still get a guy who could potentially start day one and be the best cornerback in this class. To me, that's value. That's incredible value. He may not be playing for you in six years, but he, he, he's going to be able to come and potentially play. And I think he's going to be a great fit for them for what they're looking to do uh, across um, um, slay in, 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 Philadelphia. I, I, I think this is an a plus draft. If you're asking me for value.
0: Interesting. A lot of weight on those shoulders going from the six overall pick to now, hey, come help this team win right now. Baltimore has two picks in the next five. You don't have them moving up at all to get a player in particular, so I assume at least one of these picks is staying here. 27 Baltimore, what are we doing?
2: I don't think they'll need to because the way this draft shakes out, I think there's perfect value for what they're looking for. I think they're sitting ahead of the New Orleans Saints, who have similar needs to them, and I think they sit and pick, and I think they pick Terrence Marshall Jr. Uh, out of wide receiver out of LSU. I think this is exactly what they're looking for. They're looking for a big-bodied receiver who is is fast, who's speedy, who's got pedigree. Um, he could arguably be a better one if his medicals weren't weren't as bad as they are, um, mm. and they're not awful, but he's got some red flags. If it weren't for that, this guy could be going higher, and I think he he's he's a perfect mold for what uh they're doing with lamar jackson
0: wonderful number 28 the new orleans saints the drew brees less saints who do you have going I, to new orleans
2: i hear this guy going up higher uh you got people like peter schrager saying that this guy's hot on, on the wire right now and he could be as high as 15 i had no reason to pick him uh that high i think he fits perfectly with the new orleans saints and that's Kadarius tony wide receiver of florida
0: another wide receiver going this is huge this is going to be uh a hell of an over that we're going to hit next week. By the way, if you're listening, we do have a draft bets, how to bet the draft coming on Wednesday morning. Very excited about that and our interview with the hitman. But now we come to the 29th overall pick, my Green Bay Packers. 13-3, and two years in a row, much to the chagrin of Schaefer the Sharp. And I can tell you right now, Ballerina, I know exactly what the Packers are going to do in this draft. <laughs> I know exactly what the Packers are going to do in this draft. Now, there's a chance that people say they're going to trade back. I don't believe that's going to happen because I think they have enough picks later on in this draft. They don't need more capital. People say they might use some of those picks to move up. I also don't believe that's going to happen because I don't think there is a glaring need on this team other than one position that is going to be here right now. With the 29th overall pick, the Green Bay Packers select the center out of Alabama, Mr. Landon Dickinson. That replaces Corey Lindsley. He is going to be the center of the future. This kid has guts. This kid has style. This kid has exactly what a cheesehead needs. Landon out of Alabama, center Green Bay Packers. You can book it Dano. Ballerina, what do you have?
2: I love it, Tony. I thought you were going to give me some horse shit wide receiver, you know, like a Rondale Moore or some some garbage like that. Well, I'm thankful that you didn't because I, I don't see that happening. Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> hey man they're, tra- what's they're trading what's better than having at- one useless backup quarterback how about having
4: two useless two! backup quarterbacks <laughs> i think
3: Back-to-back good first round picks on quarterbacks uh, nick rogers is pissed shout off. out
2: to robin leach i think good puts his puts his uh best foot forward and i think he, he does the right thing here and i think he selects asante samuel jr quarterback florida state i think that what's happening what we're, i think tony you're absolutely right i think the problem though with landon Dick, dickinson at this point is that he has a injury history that would scare the shit out of me mm-hmm. um and and i think that's fair if you think you can get the best out of him he, he would fit perfectly in the green bay packers but i think what the green bay packers could use is a reliable slot corner who can flex outside and and match up against your big 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 tight end every once in a blue moon i think yep. sante samuel jr has been rising rapidly in this draft for for a good reason because he's got yep. a positional value at the t- bottom of the second which is typically second second round value players, right? You only have yep. about 15 to 25, maybe 20 guys who are first round value um, year to year. I think Asante Samuel Jr. is a perfect breed of positional value, flexibility at a position in need that I think the Green Bay Packers could use. What do you think?
0: I'd be fine with that I really like that kid as well I don't believe cornerback is a position need on my team as it stands I do like Kevin King more than most cheeseheads do but I will say as for the injury history of Dickinson I don't need him for eight years I need him for three and I think that's what we can get out of him (laughs) just Uh, enough
2: time to let Jordan Love uh, take over right
0: exactly number 30 Buffalo 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 who do we have Buffalo Uh taking
2: I can't get this guy out of my mind. When you see a guy in a jersey, you're like, that's it. That just makes complete sense. I think this is a marriage waiting to happen. Book it. I I think this is as as confident as a pick at this late in the game as much as I could be. And that's Aziz Ojolari, edge out of Georgia. I think this kid is a pure rusher. He's not going to do much more. He is just strictly get after the quarterback. Think Von Miller, a little bit less less athletic, but certainly a guy who can be that that long, lanky, not, slightly undersized edge guy. And I think the Buffalo Bills will will, will utilize this guy to to his, to his ability and and help them get over the the hump.
0: I see Drew over there calculating how many SEC players have come off the board so far. Drew, what do you got?
3: Well, in that same vein, Ballerina, when you were talking about a match made in heaven, I assumed you were going to say this name was on the tip of my tongue. I was trying to do it in unison. The Bills, what couldn't they do last year? Run the ball. Best running back on the board from Alabama SEC, Najee Harris, I was thinking you're gonna go Najee Harris here. He would look good in that Bills uniform with the Josh Allen. So so so
2: so you think they're gonna pass a Najee Bills Harris. Bills are too smart to draft a first round running
4: back. Bills that's, are way that's too smart. Answer. Bills are way too smart to draft a first round running back.
2: Brandon Bean has done an amazing job of drafting value at and, and knowing that the first round is is not cut out for 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 running backs. I think this is a very good running back class uh, in terms of depth. I, i'm a big fan of javanta williams the running back out of unc i think mike carter out of unc i think there are other guys that i think the buffalo bills can can select in that day two second and third round that will do just as much damage if not more than Najee harris i think aziz ojelari staring them in the face to get pressure on the quarterback um and 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 beat a guy like uh, uh patrick mahomes in the latter part of uh, uh, of december and january i think to me that 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 is not an opportunity they're willing to pass up for a running back i just i think that's 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 uh that's a Brennan Bean um, 101 no-brainer.
0: Speaking of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, they are not drafting next at 31 overall. We have Baltimore once again. Are they staying here trying to get a replacement for Orlando Brown Jr.? What's going on?
2: I think they stay here, uh, and I think that they uh, select Jason Owe, edge out of Penn State. Um, what is the one thing that the Pen- that the Baltimore Ravens are always good for? And that is a super, super athletic um maybe underappreciated underperforming uh defensive player and i think that they they stay here they pick the kid who runs a 4-4 at you know his penn state um you know pro day which you know basically is fake uh half the time so i think they stay here and they pick the the edge out of penn state
0: okay okay and then finally to end the mock draft the final pick the super bowl champions tom brady led tampa bay buccaneers who do we have Tampa Bay adding to this Super Bowl roster hoping to make a repeat run?
2: If you're counting the number of SEC players, add one more. Okay. It's it's Christian Barmore, defensive lineman out of Alabama. I think this guy could be as high as a twentieth overall pick or a, tw- or a 15 overall pick um, in terms of talent. I think he takes a little, sometimes takes some plays off, but what he we saw him do in the national championship game and in the playoffs, you, you got to be salivating if you're the if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and with an embarrassment of riches on defense. I don't think they're going to have Sue forever. I think he's got one more year in the tank. I think getting a Christian Barmore in that defense reloading and being able to put pressure uh, and, and stopping the run. Um, at the same time, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers can't pass up on that level of talent at this point in the draft um, and, and, and pick Christian Barmore out of Alabama.
4: Well, and you've yeah. also got another old guy on their defensive line in Jason Pierre-Paul. So this, again, you know, uh, you got two out of their three defensive linemen who are potentially falling off in the next couple of years, uh, one of whom doesn't have an entire hand. So, I, you, you know, you replace <laughs> a guy who's not only old, but brings in like four more fingers than your your D-end has right now. I feel like that's a He w. can open up a ketchup bottle, too. That's
2: a plus. <laughs> but you got to remember, too, there's you know there's a big drop off after after him. So if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know you're getting the best. You're actually getting the best interior defensive lineman in the draft. That's a huge win at, at pick 32 overall.
0: Now, no Gregory Rousseau in the first round, Brian.
2: No, I, I think he's going to drop out. I think his measurables were really poor, I think, mm. because he took a year off. He's yeah. a, a flash-in-the-pan one-year wonder. He's only played football for like four or five years. He's not a guy who's who's played a lot of football. I think he's, he's a very, very um, good player, good athlete, but I think he's going to slide in a in round two, probably the top half, and I think somebody's going to get a defensive end they're going to have to work on. Interesting.
3: Also, zero running backs, as you've already stated.
2: Yep. I think there's a possibility, but I think the teams that need running backs, like you pointed out, the Buffalo Bills— um you know, potentially the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think those are smart organizations. I I just don't think they're going to put that level of. I think Kansas City, you know, passed up last year on some some talent that they could have yep. added that could have made them a better team. I just think the running back position. We we have too much data now to show that it doesn't move the needle in terms of you know wins above average. I just don't think it adds it's too to the high a line. risk
4: for too low of a reward on on average. I think, and you I'm can, glad you. I'm glad that it shook out this way because you're kind of teasing ahead to one of my one of my draft bets from our next. You
0: just get him in the second round and then repay the starter like green bay does it doesn't yeah, work or out the
3: only thing worse the only thing worse than drafting and running back in the first round is paying a second contract in the late 20s way too much money like the packers it's great so super.
0: and that is it for the ballerina big boy thank you for all 32 picks my guy we will be keeping track to see how many you get right i know it's going to be more than you miss i'm excited for this i think you got green bay wrong let's go landon dickinson but i'm excited to see how it all plays out thank you again for joining us my friend
2: Great oh, it's work, Arena.
3: Seriously, awesome work, dude.
2: Thanks, brother. Thank you, guys, so much, and I appreciate it. Thanks for letting me have fun and taking my my a- amateur obsession to to new heights. So I can't. Oh, you're I can't better wait. than
4: you're better than the pros usually, and we've got the receipts to prove it. It's why we keep bringing you back, and uh, it's it's why you'll thank us one day when you're a professional draft analyst because you'll know uh, you'll know this is uh, where you got your start.
2: Your lips to God's ears, my yes, friend. That's right. We can
0: now we can now successfully give you back to your wife and get you out of the research books and off your computer. and that's it for the West Coast Gamblers Ballerina Big Board. The first round mock is all done. I'm excited for Thursday. Coming on Wednesday, though, is how to bet the NFL draft with our interview with the hitman and a few best bets from yours truly with the information Brian just gave us. I'm pumped about it. It's a big week. And then Friday, we might have a little uh, little horsey episode for Woo! you coming on Friday. There's a Kentucky Derby coming up that we might tell you know, how to win Shit, money on. I gotta on. learn
4: how to bet the ponies? Are you kidding me? I'm We've just won tr-
0: money on the Masters. We've won money on the NCAA Tournament, on the Super Bowl. We're winning money on every event we do, and we will continue My that with the NFL draft. Me. And that is all. My
3: Kentucky home.
0: And that is all for the West Coast Gamblers. Tony Caballo, Matthew Dangles, Angelo Antonio, Schaefer the Sharp, Drew Crooks and Brian the Ballerina, Balzerini. We are a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. And as always, thank you for listening. West Coast. West Coast. West Coast. Who you
1: betting on? Always on black, fast stats. In the pocket, hole fast tags. Send a bookie, tell them bring it from the back. Coming for the bag. West Coast. C to the G. West Coast. gang. Who you betting on? Always on black. thats that's in the pocket. Whole squad fast. Gas. Send the bookie. Tell him bring it from the bag. No, we coming for the Sets up deep in the pocket. Goes down the field for Smith. Oh, he got it. Smith. Dub C to the G, West Coast Gamblers. Hey there and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning, or have never even heard of paddle, or paddle, as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with a Pro Tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month.